This week we're reading a court of sorry. <laughs> I don't know. There's just like to me. <laughs> okay. Hmm. This week we're reading a court of mist and fury by Sarah J. Mass, otherwise known as Sarah, you saucy dog. Hi, readers. I'm Jordan, and I'm Katie, and welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines, those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. Want to see what's next on our TBR list? Subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at upcoming content or to help us pick our next book. Akamath takes a lot out of you. It's because it's 600 fucking pages long. That's why. That's 100% fair. (laughs) This book is... Not appropriate for young readers. Yeah. Uh, Page 21. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you guys already know what we're talking about, but like it's 3% in you have a sex scene. Like that's audacious. And not just (laughs) a sex scene. It is a sex scene. (laughs) Like everything is described. Yeah. And I kind of wonder, like, what do you think Sarah's intention was with that? Because that's a bold move. It felt grody yeah that's why i almost wonder like you brought it up i think a while ago or maybe when we first started this the whole adventure but this is really meant to be one giant book and that would kind of make sense because that would put you at the like what like 45 percent mark is where you'd have another sex scene that's true because it's it's they have it in akatar but it's not nearly as descriptive as this one no and it's at the end like almost yeah. Full end. So, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. If this was supposed to be like chapter 35 of Akatar. Yeah. Because uh, uh, this is page, it's like 3% uh, in. Yeah. <laughs> P- okay. I, and I, I am getting like penis descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not emotionally prepared for that. <laughs> I was not prepared for you to say that into a microphone. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's there. It is. <laughs> I can't even think of other words, but she always... That's the one thing I don't like about um, Sarah's writing of like sex scenes, I will say, is she has the funkiest like descriptions of male anatomy. (laughs) Have you? Okay. You've seen 10 Things I Hate About You, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the principal writing her romance novel in the office. (laughs) That's that's it right there. (laughs) A hundred percent. She's like, what's a synonym for engorged member? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's Sarah on a daily basis. But yeah, it felt a little bit violent that at three percent into this book I am treated to I wonder (laughs) if it's like a like a bait and switch for for readers who are more into the romance or more into the smut because then there's no there's no sex for like hundreds of pages there's no romance that is true i didn't think about this because like the next sex scene isn't until chapter what is it chapter 55 they're like oh yeah like 300 pages in wow that is kind of interesting but it still felt like felt gross yeah Yeah. and i almost wonder if that was intentional in the like see everything is fine but it's not fine Mm -hmm. but it was also like Well, as a de- okay, so getting into what actually happens when we start with Akamath, yeah, Feyre is not in a good place. She's vom. So I will say, the first time I read this, where she like launches out of bed, she vomits into a porcelain toilet, which we will probably address. We, that. we will have to talk about the toilets later. <laughs> yeah, yep. um, I thought she was pregnant. And I was like, that's oh. a wild start. But then she's like, oh, I'm like nightmares or whatever. And I'm like, are you having nightmares and you're pregnant or like the nightmares are causing you to vomit? That's a good point. 
Yeah, because the first time I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to have a baby. That's a really aggressive turn there, Sarah. I don't know how you're going (laughs) to. Interesting twist for the plot there. Yeah. Because especially knowing what we know Mm -hmm. about. Oh, yeah. That could have been really good. Yeah. Because especially um, I feel like a lot of people don't like pregnancy in books, but it's always. Yeah, I I 100 (laughs) percent don't either. (laughs) Like that's 100 percent a turn off. But it it would be interesting. I feel like if anyone could do it interestingly, it'd be Sarah. But then I was down in uh, whatever book five. Oh, yeah. When it actually happens and you're like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) That's it. It could have been so much more like conflict. Yeah. Had she been pregnant. Yeah. But. I think it is a good device to point out how Farah uses sex, again, as a coping mechanism, because mm-hmm. that's very much not even just hinted at. It's displayed in Akatar yeah. and again here yeah. because she's having these violent nightmares. She can't sleep through the night. She can barely eat. And when she does eat, it gets thrown up. Mm-hmm. And Tamlin's just like taking a nap. Tamlin's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so we're going to have sex and I'm going to sleep and then you're going to be sick and we're going to be fine. Yep. And that was such a like... A well played, like uh, just fucking three pointer right there by Sarah. That like, with very little effort, she makes us immediately be like, Tamlin, what the fuck? And then just builds on it. Like, I don't think there's any other kind of plot device that you could immediately use that quickly, that efficiently, and have you already not like the male character, except of like, this. you didn't rub my back when I was vomiting, like, but. <laughs> But also dislike him and understand him all at the same time yeah. because it's also known during this. OK, because Vader's having nightmares about her time under the mountain. Mm-hmm. So was Tamlin because mm-hmm. he was there a lot longer than she was. Uh, so God knows what happened to him. So he's also suffering. And on another note, I can relate, which is if I'm puking my guts out, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't even come I, near me. I don't want to be seen. Yeah. So like... Ha- like, how do you tell, like, mm-hmm. from a caretaker perspective, like, what the person actually needs and wants to make them, se- make them feel better? Yeah. And especially if they're not communicating, which is, like, alluded to in almost this whole fucking, like, 13 chapters yeah. at the start is that they're, like, not actually talking about nope, anything. they're just having great sex and that's <laughs> it. And it's, like, I get that as a coping mechanism to just, like... We're just going to pretend like it didn't happen and not talk about it and pretend like everything's good. But it's like you have some um, skeletons in the closet that need to be addressed. Yeah. And that's but that's all like this first part is, Mm -hmm. is them preparing for the wedding because they're getting married Mm -hmm. um, and we're dropped into that. So Feyre's not happy. Uh Oh, what did you just. Okay, so you know how in like uh, modern romances they have the it's called like the third act breakup or whatever. And like most of the time it could be fixed by like actual communication skills. Yep. This this is it. So if this was one book, this would be act three miscommunication breakup. And if they had one conversation, it would probably fix most things. Oh, and they also introduced the secondary love interest yeah. as competition. Ian? What the What's her name? Yeah, this could have just been a straight up Tamlin and Feyre romance novel if they ended it uh, like four or five chapters into this book wow. with the right communication. Yeah. Huh. I feel like I just, you had a broke my brain. (laughs) The realization that came (laughs) over your face. Wow. Interesting. Because frankly, if they just like got in front of a therapist, I feel like they probably could have worked out their issues. Well, maybe because it's talked about later um, how Feyre mentions that Tamlin, and we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves into spoiler land, but come on, if you haven't read (laughs) Akamath yet, like you're setting yourself up for this, Yeah, Um, that Tamlin was the right person for her, for who she was Mm -hmm. at a different time in her life. Mm -hmm. Um, But with her new experiences, 
like post under the mountain. Mm-hmm. She's not the same person anymore, so she's not compatible with who Tamlin is. Yeah. And it's and kind of interesting too because the first time I read this, I almost felt like it was a Tamlin character assassination. Yeah, like, I got that. Yeah, because well. it kind of felt like too aggressive of a turn. Like he was obviously traumatized by what happened under the mountain, but I didn't think it was quite a realistic like shift that he would jump into being overprotective and not let her do anything. Yeah, so that's getting back into that. Feyre is wedding planning, mm-hmm. um, and it's coming up soon, but she's not allowed to leave the house, basically, or the mm-hmm. grounds. Yeah, without, like, a full retinue of guards, and even then it's like, mm, not really, you need to, like, stay here because it's dangerous. <laughs> because uh, there, it's hinted that there's, like, war bands or raiding parties or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and there's still all the, like, baddies from, floating around. Yeah, from under the mountain, like, legacies of Amarantha. Mm-hmm. So Tamlin's protecting her from that. So, yeah, you're right. It's the combination of Tamlin being super overprotective, which mm-hmm. in Akatar he was letting her and Lucian gallop into the woods. Yeah. Like, and go hunting. Yeah. Uh, multiple times. Like, she did all kinds of reckless shit, and he was unfazed. She hunted the... What, the uh, Boggart thing. Yeah, the bogey, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There was like multiple. So I have questions. This is weird. Yeah. Because especially now that, and I get that probably like watching her death was like extremely traumatic. And now it's like, I'm not going to let anything but happen. But now she's you. immortal. Yeah, exactly. Like she has a full, like crazy, super strong body. Like there's one part in it where she says she like, he surprises her and she hits him and he like falls or something. Yeah. Like she punches the shit out of him and yeah. he like, he can't take it. So it's like, you know she's strong. Like, what are you really like worried about? So it was, it was confusing, but not unbelievable. I guess. Yeah, but and just kind of like. Wah. But also, this bitch, <laughs> um, Ian. How do you say her name? I don't know, Ianthe or I. Yeah, whatever. So mm-hmm. <sighs> she is an easy character to hate. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. She's like Amarantha. Round two, but smarter. Yeah, like more uh, clever. Conniving. Yeah. Yeah. So she's described, she's a high priestess of Mm -hmm. whatever faith thing that the Mm -hmm. high fae have. But she's young and hot. Yep. And she wears like (laughs) hot priestess clothes and not nun clothes. Yep. It's like, wait a second, what kind of like nun convent are you from? (laughs) And she's inserted herself into like the spring court household as like an advisor Mm -hmm. to Tamlin and a bestie to... Feyre, mm-hmm. especially because Feyre is in this place where she doesn't want to make any decisions. She's like, she's depressed. Yeah. She's in like the midst of a depressive spiral. Yeah. And she doesn't really care about anything. And so, uh, Eon, the... Sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, is making all of the, all the decisions regarding the wedding planning and mm-hmm. like even what Feyre wears. Yeah. But um, in that kind of like crutch way where Feyre could make a decision, but she's just so like tired and depressed that Ianthe probably or is conveyed as you know doing her solid mm-hmm. and like helping her recover and like I get you can't do it right now but like let me just help you and like oh you should wear this and oh these people are doing this and like oh you don't have to worry about that I'll handle it but it's like you're enabling her instead of helping her and the background on this bitch is she <laughs> <laughs> sorry Jordan's eyes got big uh, I don't like her. But she escaped with her family, like, across the water to a different continent when Mm -hmm. Amarantha came into power. Yeah. Big yikes. And then she came back when everything was hunky-dory. And I got, like, the impression that she and Tamlin had a thing at some point. I did, too. Like, it's just skeezy. Yeah. 
And it's kind of, um, she's not a girl's girl. No. Yeah. She's like, not. you know, the girl who, she's like um blonde chick from Mean Girls. Like, nice on the outside. Oh, yeah. And like, the kind that would, like, be best friends with your boyfriend, but then, like, you know, has all these inside jokes with him, and you're like, and that kind of makes me uncomfortable. Like, this is weird. And she's like, oh, no, we're just, like, guy bros. Like, we're just friends. We're just besties. And it's like, <laughs> you've sent him, like, weird pictures, and you guys are at the beach all the time, and, you know, like, this makes me a little bit uncomfortable. That's her. <laughs> Every Reddit thread ever. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then Lucian kind of plays a backseat role. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting, too, because if you take it from the perspective of his own trauma, so he had to watch someone get murdered and uh, that he loved and his lover didn't get brought back to life. And now he, you know, oh, God. Feyre yeah, did get brought back to life. His characterization in this makes kind of a lot of sense like he feels like he doesn't have a leg to stand on lucian has been a much more sympathetic character than yeah. either tamlin or Feyre throughout akatar mm-hmm. especially Honestly. like did we talk about his past uh like, i think we brought it up a little bit but it's kind of actually like i think talked about more in this almost mm-hmm. yeah but um he basically fell in love with a lesser fairy not a high fae and they loved each other we're about to run off together and uh, his dad thought that was an inappropriate, like, relationship for him to have and basically, like, kidnapped the girl and made him watch as him, the dad and the brothers, like, murdered, murdered her. her. Yeah. Oh, Lucy. Yeah. And then to, like, watch Feyre die and then Feyre's brought back. and Because it would be hard because you'd be a little bit jealous. You'd be like. You'd be super jealous. Like, just yeah. resentful. Yeah. But then you're also like, those are my best friends and, like, I love them and I'm happy for them. But, like, also, like. Well, I wish that could have been me. <laughs> he's being railroaded by Tamlin. Yeah. Like throughout this because they're doing these patrols and Lucian is trying to stand up for Feyre because Feyre is constantly going to Tamlin in this first part of the book. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me go out and help the village. Let me go on a ride with you. Let me do yeah. X, Y, Z. And Tamlin's like, no, it's not safe. No, it's not safe. And Lucy finally is like tries to talk to Tamlin be like, hey, I'll go with her. Like we'll make this safe. And mm-hmm. he just gets basically backhanded like yeah mm, no yeah and it's um i don't know that i totally appreciated so i see the the foil that you know as we kind of get further in the book and we are introduced to reese's close friends they're supposed to be the counterpoint to lucian of like if Feyre had needed help in the court of dreams or whatever those they would have done anything to help her and they would have said fuck you reese you're being a dick i'm gonna help her and then lucian didn't do that and so that's like the counterpoint but it's like i don't know that that's totally fair like he was trying but like what can you do if someone has decided that they're going to like control someone and keep you know what i mean like besides calling the cops like yeah and it also kind of comes into play like how each person defines the boundaries of their friendship and what like that friendship means to them yeah so like in the court of the night court, mm-hmm. Reese and his friends have a very equal power balance. Yeah. Um, but that's their friendship. That's how that developed. That's how that works. Mm-hmm. And maybe what Lucian values and what Tamlin values in the friendship is like unwavering support and yeah. dedication. And that's what Lucian, Lucian is giving Tamlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you also have to think there's a time difference too, because like Reese and his friends have been buddies for like 500 years minimum. So 
and Tamlin like wasn't even born then. So like he's a couple year hundred years behind. Yeah. So maybe like, you know, in that four hundred year mark is when you're like, mm-hmm. okay, we're, you know, we equals. I respect your opinion. But like maybe they're not quite there yet. Like that's a long time. That's, you know, half of a thousand years. <laughs> and also Lucian has got so much baggage. Yeah. Like Yeah. He's got to work through some shit before he helps other people. Yeah. So this like full first 13 chapters is just like an emotional roller coaster. And you like don't feel happy about any of it, but you understand like that it's all happening. But you're like, ugh. <laughs> Feyre is, uh, at least to me, she was more relatable and more likable in, yeah. this, in this first part. It's definitely a different style of reading mm-hmm. than Akatar. Yeah. She is like in a dark, dark place. Yeah. And I almost wonder if that's because this is the first opportunity we've been granted to actually see her personality and her, like, inner thoughts. And her thoughts about other people. Yeah. Because we didn't really get any of that in Akatar. And no. it's like, oh, this is who she is, and she's not in a good place right now. No. But still, it seems kind of flat. Yeah, it does. Because there's a couple of parts in this, like, first, like, chunk of chapters that we're going to talk about in part one. And she has this kind of like inner reflection at one point where she's talking about, like you mentioned, that, you know, Tamlin was good for her then, but maybe not who she is now. And she has this thing of like, I don't want to just sit and be safe and paint and I want to go like do things and be involved in things. And like you can have that and maybe she changed. But I swear to God, at the beginning of Akatar, she literally said I just want enough money to, like, live by myself and paint and be safe. And, 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 like, I get that she maybe had a different, like, something changed, but, like, well, that significantly? Yeah, she mentions that after going through the trials of the mountain, like, that was the supposedly the trigger for that change, that internal change. But it just doesn't seem... Like it jives. Yeah. It doesn't seem realistic. Like, oh, you want to do these life-threatening acts and be in constant danger. And like, who doesn't like a sense of security and and calm? And yeah, like, what's that like Maslow's triangle? Yeah, like, (laughs) you don't, you're telling me you don't want to do your favorite hobby and the comfort of your own home surrounded by wealth and and beautiful things and with the love of someone yeah like tamlin like anyone doubts like that doesn't appeal to you as a person like also not realistic because she also if she was so like emotionally triggered and destroyed by the you know harrowing acts that she did under the mountain like why would she want to do more adventurous stuff like that i you know what i mean just (laughs) it's weird and it kind of comes back to the what happens after the ending of any of these stories after any of these fantasy adventures and all of the monsters have been killed and all the evil is wiped out like what do these people do yeah hopefully they sit and do their fucking favorite hobby in front of a fire (laughs) and eat good food and have sex all the time like that's what like (laughs) (laughs) I yeah that's our hope (laughs) like what more do you want for life yeah Uh, yeah it is kind of interesting though because when you talked about that it kind of matches what happens in new moon with bella Mm. like we have this you know they defeated the uh evil vampires and now they're safe and happy but then they have this like weird breakup and she's depressed and then she tries to do like reckless adventurous things to like feel something again so like maybe that's a trauma response yeah, that just actually that's valid yeah but turns into part of your personality Never for the thought rest I would of your be life. referencing new moon as a I good know, yeah <laughs> <laughs> full circle here we are 
I did really enjoy, yeah. though, in like the midst of her depression and she's arguing with Tamlin, like, hey, take me with you. Mm-hmm. And like they get into this argument in front of his guards and sentries and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But she eventually just caves and says, okay, yeah. fine, I'll stay home. And I thought that was really realistic as someone yeah. who's in love with someone and like they get into an argument and they don't want one to fight in front of everyone, but mm-hmm. two, realizing this person's just trying to protect me, like realizing the intent behind the action or the the words. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really well done. So good job, Feyre. I know. Yeah. Because that's like a really reasonable response. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like conflict avoidant and like you're going to do whatever you need to do to avoid like conflict and angst in your relationships. And so like that's just what she was doing. And it made sense until it got to a point where like literally her mortal body, yeah, immortal body well, was. <laughs> and it wasn't passive aggressive. It was just a, okay, this is this is where we're at right now. This is what yeah. I need to do. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy too, because she was like willing to accept that to a point of like, okay, you know, maybe sometime in the future we'll be safe and we can do things again, but we're in a period of unrest. Like, I get it. Maybe it's not always going to be this way. That's fine. But then it like didn't yeah <laughs> well and a different heroine like um what's the heroine from throne of glass was uh aelin aelin would have been like fuck you I, and yeah. like left the estate and snuck out and would yeah. have like fought that yeah so that's an interesting kind of like character divide between the two because i kind of feel like sarah fell in the trap of having all of her characters be pretty similar like at the end of this Feyre and aelin are almost like, yeah, indistinguishable. The way they, yeah, at least the way Feyre develops into yeah. somebody like Aelin. Yeah, which is kind of irritating because, like, it makes it seem like that's the epitome of, like, a female heroine. But it's like, Feyre now is still a heroine. Like, she just doesn't want to do dumb shit. Like, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> like that's not a bad thing. <laughs> well, can we talk about this wedding dress, Oh, though? my God. The, I, I pictured, like, the Cinderella <laughs> wedding I did too. And Feyre hates it. Yeah. I um imagine the one from The Princess and the Frog, the pink dress. Oh, that- <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's exactly what I imagined. Yes. Oh, also super underrated Disney movie. If you haven't seen mm-hmm. The Princess and the Frog. Speaking it's of such a cute one. Good heroines. Like the yeah. message of that movie is work hard, like and you can achieve your own dreams all yeah. on your own. Yeah. And we have two like female characters that don't hate each other. Yeah. Like, Go Disney. Like, what the fuck happened with that one? <laughs> and that was their last traditionally, like, yeah. animated. It makes yeah. me sad. But um, it's fine. But, yeah, that wedding dress. And, okay, so I'm, like, a people pleaser. Like, I don't like asserting my opinions about certain things. And I'll be like, okay, if you think this is what's best. So I was so – the arms are coming out. I'm, like, <laughs> gesturing. Violent arms. Uh, I was so triggered by this whole event because, like, all through high school for, like, dances and stuff my mom would pick out dresses and i'm like i don't really like that but i guess i'm wearing it because i don't want to like cause a fuss and she thinks she knows the best and maybe she doesn't know the best do you have pictures uh, i don't think i do because you know when we had that like technology switch in like the 2014 2015 2016 time frame i like lost all of my pictures from mm. like middle school which is probably a good thing but <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> I burnt them all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like when she is basically not bullied by Ianthe, but like not given the like, op- Yeah. Like, like you cannot. Like, well, she so oh, she oh. defers all of the wedding decisions to Ianthe, including the dress. And she's mm-hmm. like, it's fine. But she comes up with this horrifying, huge, <laughs> like layers of tool and. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's that? The labyrinth? 
uh, the 80s movie? Yeah, the white dress David that Bowie? the chick wears. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Oh, um, pull, uh, let me pull up um, Labyrinth. Everybody else is like, oh, I know exactly what kind of dress this is. A uh, white dress scene. But it's funny because she she puts on this dress as like a preview for Tamlin and shows it to him and he laughs. Like he also thinks it's, oh my God. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, yeah, that's the dress because yeah. it's described as having the big poofy. <laughs> the uh, shoulders. Like bell cap sleeve. Yeah. That, like touch your ears. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. So um, if you're in the older audience, Labyrinth, the white dress that she wears in the, the dream scene. Because it's just like, that doesn't look good on anyone except in the 80s in a movie with David Bowie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the dress is awful. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's awful. Yeah. I, and I'm pretty sure Ianthi picks it to make Feyre look bad. But it's interesting, though, because she does it in this way that, like, you know, she's supposed to be weaving this tale of, like, lovers who were, you know, torn apart. And now they're together. And, like, she's the savior of the world, but she's still soft. And Tamlin's the... She's the damsel. Yeah. And... So I get what she was doing, but also, like, you can do that with a dress that's not ugly. <laughs> yeah. And then the flower thing. Did oh, you... the red. Oh. So Farah's only opinion during all of this wedding planning, during, like, you know, how many people they're going to have in the tables and, like, who's going to sit where and, like, what colors is, I don't want red roses. Period. Mm-hmm. Because it looks like blood. Fair. I yeah, yeah. be a little bit traumatized. If you <laughs> murdered two people, you wouldn't want to see blood either. New. And also like bright red clashes with, with the white, like, pale pink, white, like everything. Blush that green. bitch did it on purpose. So Feyre is standing at like right before the aisle. Everyone's gathered. There's like 300 chairs and high priestess Anthe's at the top. And then she looks down, she sees like, oh, white rose petals and then red rose petals. Like streamed across the aisle to like make a pool of red rose petal blood at Tamlin's feet. Like that that doesn't even visually sound like it would look good. No. So like the intent was gross. 100% to trigger her into a and breakdown. It, and it does cuz she starts like <laughs> mentally screaming like, "Yeah, help me, help me." Save I me. will say this scene is Ooh, one of my like I love this oh, scene. Favorite. Mm-hmm. So she is panicking. She's walking down the aisle, she kind of stops and Tamlin's like, Feyre, like, what's going on? Come here, girl. Have you seen Runaway Bride? I don't think so. Oh, my God. Please watch it. But I can imagine the scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's what happens. Like, so it's Julie Roberts and Richard Gere, which. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and she, like, gets halfway down the aisle and then her eyes get big and she freezes and then she starts backing up <laughs> slowly and then oh. bolts. Yep. That's basically what Feyre does, except she, like, stops and then she kind of has this, like, depressive, like, screaming internal combustion kind of thing where she's like can anyone fucking help me i can't do this i'm about to say no and she takes one step back and tamlin's eyes kind of scrunch up and then the best line ever we are blessed a huge crack of thunder shadows and darkness mist goes everywhere and then the line that every single fantasy romance reader knows please treat me hello Feyre, darling (laughs) <laughs> my heart stopped i am i'm hot and sweaty again i know it's something about these fucking books it's something about reese as a character i honestly because like this shouldn't be the scene that gets me hot and sweaty it should be the like sex scene but no. like again it's not it's, it's reese with all his darkness and bat wings and he just shows up and saves her saves her basically he calls in the debt or the Agreement? The deal they yeah. had or whatever. And it's interesting because he gave her a three-month grace period where he's like, 
he didn't do anything, didn't reach out, didn't call in the bet. And Farrah's like, okay, this is like working out. Which makes you wonder, like, would he have ever called it in unless she had asked for help? Probably not, because that bitch is terrified, too. Yeah. Remember at the end of Akatar? Mm-hmm. Petrified. Yeah. He didn't want anything to do with that deal anymore. No. And it's interesting, too, now that you say that, because during the chapter 54, 55, when he's, like, telling her the history of his life or whatever, mm-hmm. I think he even says that. He's like, I was prepared to let you marry him and, like, be happy because, like, maybe this was a fluke and, like, we weren't supposed to be together. So, like, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you can assume you, by our you already know. Yeah. <laughs> so I 100%, yeah, that's a good, a good mm-hmm. point, Jordan. Okay. Points to you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, basically just snatches her up and then, well, everyone disappears. Everyone, including Ianthi. Yeah. She's terrified. Yeah. Which is a fun little like. And once you know about the history between Ianthi and Reese, you're mm-hmm. like, of course yeah. she ran. <laughs> yeah. It's like you should move before you're misted or whatever uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> But he basically spirits, they call it winnowing. Yeah. Um, so he winnowed her. Like, away. Away. <laughs> winnowed away. He basically gave Pamela a gigantic middle finger. Yeah. He's like, eh, deal time. Yeah. And it it is interesting, though. So Tamlin is, like, begging but not doing anything because he, like, knows he can't do anything. And it's similar to his reaction with Amarantha or whatever mm-hmm. when Feyre was dying, when he was, like, on his knees and he's like, please don't do this. Like, what are you doing? And she, like, kills Feyre anyway. It's, like, a similar reaction in this point where he's like, I can't do anything, but I'm going to beg. It's because Tamlin doesn't ever think, like, more than one step ahead. Yeah. If, if that. He just responds to crisis mm-hmm. with action. Yeah. And I feel like he almost questions his own power to, like, influence people's decision making. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, mm. like, an interesting, like, I don't think I like that. <laughs> he's just kind of... Yeah. What did you call him? A himbo? Yeah, he's a himbo. Yeah. But... Himbos need to stand up for things. They need to have values. He has none. He's just like a a not good himbo. I think Tamlin, <laughs> Tamlin was done a little dirty in the character development. He was. Side. 100%. He could have been redeemable. Like, yeah. And that's what I wish would have happened. It would have made everything too. seem more realistic. Yeah. Instead of like, because I just finished this last night, my like fourth reread or something. I've read this way too many times. But that ending uh switcheroo in the last like two chapters makes me so fucking angry and it it comes out of nowhere it's confusing and i don't like it i haven't finished rereading it oh just yet. wait you're gonna be trigger girl mm. i feel like i'm gonna get a text message at like two o'clock in the morning and you're gonna uh. be like what because <laughs> it's just it's out of character it doesn't make sense and yeah okay well anyway fair is at the night court she goes to the night court and it's not quite a court it's more like a palace on the mountains yeah it's described Think of the balcony from Princess Jasmine, yeah. like and like first Aladdin Disney, mm-hmm. and like there's no windows; it's just curtains like billowing. And Reese tells her, "All right, take a nap, eat some food. <laughs> um, we're gonna chill here for a little while." Uh-huh. And she gets put in like the bestest clothes. I know. I want these outfits. I do too. I feel like I have a little bit of like a pooch though, so I don't think this like. Jordan's rolling her eyes at me, but she has not seen said pooch because I wear leggings all the time. (laughs) High-waisted leggings. Let's get that straight. And so the shirts are described as falling like right above the belly button or right below the belly button. And then the pants are like, you know, regular length. So there's just a little like skimming of skin. skin. Um, But that's exactly where my pooch is. So it would just be like a cute little like bloop, like 
toddlers um, when oh, they like wear like little, the pajamas yeah. and their shirts kind of ride up. That's me. Oh, <laughs> little Pooh Bear that's, moment. Yeah, that's cute though. <laughs> that's fair. But they're these gauzy, like uh, they're called harem pants, basically. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah, where they cuff at the ankles yeah. and they're super billowy. And that's a way better word because I was thinking um, MC Hammer pants or. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, these the yeah, that's yeah. exactly what these are. <laughs> yeah. But she immediately finds them more comfy and cozy and like more her style. But mm-hmm. like so we talked about this before we started recording, which is the culture difference, like the culture clash of the night court. Because yeah. the night court you picture I picture like heavy velvets. Yeah. Cause the like description of the terrain is that it's cold and wintry and mountainous mountainous. like it's a valley tucked in the shadow of snow-capped mountains yeah and like it's a this palace thing that she gets dropped into is warm and breezy and almost tropical yeah thus the harem pants and crop top yeah um it's just it's it's like sarah had a fantasy over like What's the best fairyland? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be dark and brooding because we have to have a dark and brooding hero. Yeah. But I want to wear Princess Jasmine clothes. Yeah. Uh, so. Which I mean, reasonable. Like, I mean, but you yeah. work a little bit to make it make sense. Yeah. Because, uh, like, where would that culturally have come from? I don't know. But you know what I mean? Because I think Amarin, so we get introduced to her a little bit after this, I think. Mm-hmm. She's described as wearing the same outfit, too. So, like, it's not just a, like, then and there kind of thing. No, it's, it's like, like a, everybody. It's, it's odd. But, like, where does that, like, how? I feel like that meme of the girl that has, like, all the math going in front of her, she's like, it's 22 degrees outside <laughs> and there's, like, mountains, but they're wearing crop tops. Like, I understand then the, like, the desire, but, like, the, you know, freezing thing doesn't make sense. And, okay. <laughs> and did you catch the infinity pool that she has? Uh. <laughs> I want to go to this as a resort. It it does sound phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So her bathtub is an infinity pool off oh. the balcony looking out onto this valley. She only has to stay at the night court for a week. Mm-hmm. And in this first week that she's there, Reese just wants her to learn how to read mm-hmm. and practice shielding, which is that mental trick to block someone from reading your mind, basically. In his conversation like during the reread you realize how traumatizing this would be because he basically says that she's been shouting at him through their like bargain and he can hear basically everything that's been happening to her and how depressed she is and you know all of her like intimate moments with Tamlin like he kind of like was there yeah because she's basically like shouting at him mentally because their tattoo thing that like she has on her forearm is the bond between her and Reese, but they also have this mental thing through that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's been witness to all of her, basically her entire depressive spiral. Yeah, he's seen it all. I just need to talk about though. <laughs> um, I have praying hands. <laughs> she does. I don't know what's about to happen. I absolutely loved, and maybe this is a little toxic. <laughs> I almost spit water Sorry. everywhere. Um. When Reese appears um, at the wedding Mm -hmm. and in this first week at the night court, Mm -hmm. he's constantly described like his facial expressions are like when he looks at Feyre is Mm -hmm. just fury or anger or like and I'm like, oh, why is he angry? (laughs) But like, obviously, he's not angry with her. And then you realize, oh, he's angry because she is basically starving to death and she hasn't slept and no one around her at the spring court has done anything about it. Yeah. And so when Ugh. when you see or when you read that Reese is 
his expressions are like this. Mm-hmm. It's just the most comforting, like, ooh. Yep. Oh, ooh. God. And then when he has his, like, moments where his, like, wings kind of, like, start to, like, appear into existence and it's because he can't control his emotions enough and then he claims them down and it disappears, it's like, I don't know why that's hot, but it Reese is. is like, <laughs> oh, the one of the best, like, heroes, like, yeah, from a pure romance perspective. I don't yeah. want to talk about him as, like, a person. Yeah, because there's a, a little bit of questions. Yeah. But. <laughs> or as a character. But, like, if you're living in pure fantasy, like, romantic fantasy land, like, mm-hmm. what do you want your dark brooding hero but still, like, perfect for the, the heroine? Yup. It's Reese. Yup. Because he has this good combination of being, like, uh, forward and, like, aggressive with his, like, flirtations of with her but like you also don't know if it's like real or not but he's also really respective of boundaries yeah like way more than you would expect some like you know morally gray like bad boy to be but it's like it's a good combination he does it well well. (laughs) he's protective without being like toxic Mm -hmm. toxically not a word uh possessive because uh, Feyre and Tamlin are still together. Like mm-hmm. they're in a relationship. Like there's no romance at this point in the book between Feyre and Reese. Yeah. And but you can see that Reese cares for Feyre and wants the best for her. So mm-hmm. when like she appears, the, he takes her to the night court and she is like starving and not sleeping and mm-hmm. clearly not healthy. Like all he wants to do is make her feel better and yeah. teach her how to read. Like yeah. come on, <laughs> I know. because uh, it really does seem like he's more of a friend at this point than anything yeah. else. Like he's actually worried about her well being, and he's like. We can, like, figure out all the other stuff, but, like, how about you eat something and Mm -hmm. work on yourself for a little bit? (laughs) Which, fair. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, 100%. And also during this, like, first week, we meet Morgan for the first time. Yes. She is such a cool character. I know. This is... I feel like it's sometimes hard to write those, like, super confident, forward women without making them seem, like mean girl pick me types but they did it for her they did it right and she's well it helps that she's reese's cousin technically and she's got her own like traumatic backstory as well yeah but she's just she is there to be like reese's best friend Mm -hmm. and his supporter she's kind of like the lucian yeah um to reese and she also wants to help Vera. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing to it besides a oh you're here let me help you yeah she's like an it girl um the kind that you would hope it girls would be like. Uh, that are like girls, girls. I and... picture Blake Lively. Yeah, I did too. But not from Gossip Girl because. No. Yeah, Serena Vanderwoodson was not a girl's mm-hmm. girl. <laughs> but the, like the it girl you'd want to, you know, who's like captain of the soccer team, but like lifts up other women and but also has a great sense of style. And yeah. Yeah, that's more. Yeah. Yeah. No, basically. And it's kind of sad, though, because you don't really like get much from her except for like carefree fun in a a pantene commercial i love that you're doing these like ponytail hair flips (laughs) as you're describing more it's like yeah (laughs) i wonder if i'm like a method actor like if i got into acting i would be uh one of the like crazy ones can we, is that where that comes from? We so when we talked Sorry. about no 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 <laughs> this makes me think we need to move up our drunk Shakespeare. Mm, I I worry for all of this like porcelain and glass that you have in your house because I don't know what happens when we're acting and drinking. Oh, hands will be everywhere that they should not. We'll move into a safe space. <laughs> that's that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll just kind of baby proof it. Sad. Anyway, more and yeah, that's basically spends the week and then goes back. Yeah, so she. 
practices. Oh, the way Reese teaches her how to read. I, it's oh. so cute. But it's also probably not the most effective way because no. like he's only, you know. Oh, so he's writing out sentences for her to like copy and read. And it's basically like Lord Rysand. He's the most handsome high lord. Like is the most uh, <laughs> stunning man, is the most uh, courageous. And it's like, well, you're only learning like one new word per sentence, but that, it, it's cute. It's cute. It was a good device. <laughs> Maybe not effective, but. <laughs> and the she gets actually somewhat decent at creating these mental shields. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is all in the first week. And then she goes home. So she, like, comes back and basically Tamlin's like, you got yanked away from me. Security's even worse. Well, and Feyre thinks that she's going to have this, like, lovey-dovey reunion with Tamlin because she's been gone for a week and she missed him. Like, they're still in love. And instead of, like, going to the bedroom, which is Feyre's answer, (laughs) uh, Tamlin takes her to, like, his library study thing with Lucian and proceeds to interrogate her about everything she saw, heard, observed in the night court. Yeah. And it feels gross. Yeah. Like, on the one hand, like, I get it because, you know, like, nobody gets access to the night court. But, like, also, that's, like, your, like, to be wife, lover. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how about, like, you don't know what she went through. What what if she actually was, like, interrogated and tortured there? Yeah. Or traumatized or yeah, yeah. XYZ. <laughs> Anything. Instead, just tell me what you know. And, like, kudos to Feyre. She doesn't even hesitate, mm-hmm. which is the correct answer. Yeah. Like, your soon to be husband the person the love of your life is help me win this war battle thing that ever is going on and tell me what you know Mm -hmm. or she's gonna say something yeah like we have seen it in other books where uh, they get they get the story confused like obviously we know Feyre and Reese are gonna be together Mm -hmm. but the mistake here would have been for no valid rational reason Feyre refusing Mm -hmm. yeah for all of a sudden her thinking they have some kind of like uh, connection yeah she just felt icky about talking about Reese that way. <laughs> I, yeah. When you say it like that, I appreciate Pharaohs that's like, okay, like, here we go. So this was there and that was there and they were talking about this and mm-hmm. this person. <laughs> like, that's a reasonable response. Yeah, it was it was good. Like, yeah. Was not, and then, yeah. Yeah, more, like you said, more security. Mm-hmm. But Tamlin tries to win her over by giving her... Oh, yeah, like a paint set. But she hasn't been painting. No. She has actively avoided painting because she's depressed, which yeah. tracks for somebody with depression. Yeah. Not enjoying their hobbies as they used to. Yep. This is like that middle school thing when your mom would get you like gifts and it's like, I haven't done this in like four years, mom. Like, you don't know me. And she's like, oh, you said that you like doing painting. Like, so I got you painting things. It's like just so shows total disconnection yeah. from the person that you love. And Tamlin <laughs> buys her like a traveling paint set. Like, <laughs> here's a little suitcase with paints and brushes and everything. Buddy. <laughs> no. No. Uh, not at all. Yeah. Except, well, I forget, what does Feyre say to him? That triggers the shit out of him. I don't know. He she says something that's like not outrageous, but I could see how it would be triggering to him. Like something about like uh, you can't always protect me or yeah, something like that. that. Sounds right. I'm yeah. not sure. So it's not like totally outrageous that he'd be triggered by that, but his response was <laughs> um not good. No, <laughs> he explodes everything yeah everything yeah like the study is destroyed yeah and the pain set yeah and shockingly uh favor is okay because there is an air shield around her like this was kind of dumb yeah it just was like an air bubble and again like <laughs> star wars reference the scene in episode one which you and i both love 
episode one being um, Phantom Menace. Uh-huh. Yes. The purple globe things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a purple globe. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I pictured. I and, same. Yeah. Yeah. And like you touch it and you bounce off of it. Mm-hmm. And immediately Feyre thinks that Tamlin put it around her to protect her from his anger. But mm-hmm. no, she created it herself. Yeah. Which, which is kind of sad when you think about it. Like her first assumption that was was he was going to protect her from his own anger and that really wasn't Didn't what happen. had happened and also like, what would have happened if that hadn't been if he she hadn't created a shield oh she would have been like shattered to bits yeah Ugh, which again is like a crazy like i get anger like his intention wasn't to hurt her but like if you're so caught up in trying to protect her like but then you're just gonna like freak out and potentially like murder her yeah. unintentionally that was kind of confusing, but it, this is the first like true glimpse we have of Feyre having these extra powers mm-hmm. that seem to come out of like from not like not outside of normal high fey fairy magical stuff. Yeah, so she's got the mental shield thing going on, and now she's got the air bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we shall call it forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> uh, Star Wars air bubble people. <laughs> yep. And I think there's a scene like in passing after this where she gets mad and puts her hands on the table and there's like burn marks. So mm-hmm. it's like alluded that there's like elemental powers behind it. Mm-hmm. Maybe aligning to the seven high courts uh, that'll have a special power. You don't say <laughs> that all you donated a piece mean, of oh themselves. My God. <laughs> Sorry. So dumb. Um Yeah. But then life continues on until the t- I cannot sit tithe. 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 No, not <laughs> tithe. Tithe. the tithe which uh, is like basically is there like a historical uh i think it's uh, yeah to an extent like uh, tithe is like um a medieval thing where mm-hmm. people would bring like it's like a donation like i live on your lands here is a payment for you, me to continue living here mm. or i think you could use tithe and like religious tithings yeah like here's mm. a dollar in the you know gold pan that they pass Dish around. thing, yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, that's basically what happens, except they, like, have to give things. Yes. And so every member of the spring court, the tithe has been, like, postponed for a few years. Yeah. And now that they're having it, it's, everyone has to bring, like, a payment. And a payment is different for everyone. It's, like, whatever is most valuable to them. It's, like, a portion of whatever you have. Because they said, like, there's, like, a fisherman guy, and he brought, like, a little basket full of fishies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a lot unless you don't have anything. Yeah. Like, this uh, freaky mermaid siren. Ooh, super cool. <laughs> I really love the description. I did, too. Yeah. Um, but, like, even the setup of the tithe. So, it's, like, a court. And Feyre mm-hmm. compares it to a very similar court from Under the Mountain. With Tamlin sitting on a little throne with his little crown on. And Eanthe the bitch sitting near him, like... Yeah. Like they call it a receiving room, though it's not a court. It's a fucking thorn- <laughs> throne room. Yeah, yeah. And Feyre sitting next to Tamlin, mm-hmm. like as the consort type, pretty mm-hmm. puppet. Yeah. And then this like freaky mermaid thing comes up, and she's like, uh, "There's no more fish in my pond, so I can't really bring you anything." And Tamlin's like, "I don't care. Like you need to produce." Uh, three times the amount that you needed to bring today or die. Some kind of crazy yeah, ultimatum. <laughs> I think it was a bring your tithe in three days or it will be tripled oh, or something okay. like that. Yeah, that makes more sense than, you know, bring triple or die. <laughs> uh, but still it's bad. Yeah. She, you feel for this creature because mm-hmm. she's terrifying, like yeah. this mermaid siren thing. But she is saying, like you said, 
there's no fish. Mm-hmm. I'm starving. My sisters have no food. And Feyre, who was trying to provide food for her sisters, <laughs> yeah. is immediately triggered. Like, yeah. uh, this isn't okay. That's fair. <laughs> and so um, the siren thing is, oh, they call them water wraiths. Yeah. Like some kind of like nymph kind of uh-huh. thing. Yeah. And so she's like kind of trudges out of the receiving mm-hmm. room. And she's like upset too. Because I think Tamlin pulls some kind of like, don't interrupt me when I'm talking to you. And it's like, bro. <laughs> bitch. Um, and Faye was like, why can't you just make an exception this one time? And mm-hmm. he talks about, oh, that would undermine the whole tradition and history and ugh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if I do it this one time, then everybody's going to demand it. And it's like, yeah, sure. But like also. <laughs> yeah. But this is a cool saving grace of Feyre as a character because yeah. she runs after the water wraith and like tracks her down in the garden mm-hmm. and like she's still pretty terrified of this creature because <laughs> you're be? scary <laughs> uh, yeah I have a fear of ever being underwater and I so know. this but she's like what's what's the amount that you owe and the wraith answers her like you wouldn't be able to like come up with that amount of fish basically so Feyre takes off all of her jewelry, essentially, mm-hmm. and hands it to her and just says, use this. Mm-hmm. And the wraith asks, like, well, what do you want in return? Mm-hmm. Feyre says, nothing. Just take it, please, because I feel bad for you. Yeah. It's cool because, like, the way she does it is this kind of, like, um, frantic, like, here, take my necklace. And, like, oh, is that not enough? Like, take my earrings, too. Like, take all of it. It's like that crazy scene you always get in movies where they, like, start, like, ripping off all of their, like, jewelry or dresses. Mm-hmm. And they're like, just take it all. Like, I don't want it. It's the first, like, glimpse of emotion outside of depression that we've gotten from Feyre yeah. in the entire part one, mm-hmm. which is kind of illuminating. Yeah. The fact that she is sparked to action and response by seeing someone else in need, which mm-hmm. is, as a character, okay. Yeah. Redeeming. Yeah. But it's also this, like, manic, panicked, terrified, like, just take yeah. it. <laughs> and the Wraith responds, uh, like, my sisters and I won't forget this moment, mm-hmm. which, remember that? Seriously, because again, Sarah's power of like foreshadowing, so like fucking good. How did you hold on to this thread and keep it in your pocket? And then like fucking 80 chapters later, it comes back like what? Yeah. So, so yeah, hold it in your pocket for 80 chapters. We'll get back to it. <laughs> yeah. And then Tamlin's kind of irritated, but he like comes back around and he's like, yeah, I guess that was like, OK. And like it put you in a good light and like. I get it, but, like, also don't do that again. It was a true, like, this was an example of good communication. Yeah. Like good couples communication where he apologized, acknowledged that he was actually wrong and that Favorite did the right thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Like, there's a glimmer of hope here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, until yeah. things happen. Yeah, because I think she kind of basically, for the next, like, two or three weeks, goes into this, like, even more depressive episode where she's kind of, like, dead inside. And she talks about, like, not waking up until, like, noon and then kind of like stumbling around and then going back to bed. And then she, it's time to go back to the night court. And it's kind of sad because like Reese has these moments where he's like, come and play with me basically. Mm -hmm. Cause she's like dead inside and she doesn't like report back or like have any, you know, snippy one-liners. And he's like, oh no, like we have reached maybe the point of no return. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck. (laughs) Well, and so her second trip back to the night court it's kind of mirrors the first one Mm -hmm. uh, because i think it happens like right around now yeah Uh, because there's three i think there's there's maybe three but the second one is kind of like scooted past but it's this one this is like the last like trip and then like the events happen. yeah 
Well, and it's on this trip, I think, where she goes back after, you know, being back in the Supreme Court for three weeks. And mm-hmm. Reese has that expression come over his face again, which is, have they not been fucking feeding you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> while you were there, like, what happened? Yeah, because this is the hallway one, right? Where, like, they just had a tumble in the streets and then he, like, pops up. Oh, yeah. my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> I know. Because, oh, okay, so Feyre forgot about, like, so much time passed. She's kind of living in a blur. And mm-hmm. so, like, she hears voices outside of her bedroom door oh. in the middle of the night. And so she is she's naked yeah <laughs> because she and tamlin were you know having fun <laughs> yeah no having fun <laughs> a little fun and so she like gets out of bed wraps herself in like a cover <laughs> and like opens the door a crack uh-huh and peers out and there's reese and tamlin like the way this is described because you have reese who has this like cocky like shit eating like i'm just fucking making fun of you i'm here to bring your like girlfriend back with me like get fucked bro and then he sees her around the corner and his face falls and he's like oh i just i can't uh, get over how she sarah describes reese's emotions and expressions when he's looking at Feyre. you're like can someone look at me? Because <laughs> it's just so I think that's kind of like the alluring part of it is someone's paying so much attention to you that they notice like small, minute changes of like, oh, you've lost like 10 pounds. Like, yeah, that's not good. Because, you don't have 10 pounds. <laughs> yeah, because Feyre like obviously just got out of bed um, from Tamlin, but mm-hmm. she looks like she's dying. Yeah, because it's been three weeks and she's again not eating and not sleeping. And the only thing she's really doing is fucking and that's doing wonderful things for her obviously um <laughs> and it's cool because that's exactly what's conveyed like reese is so mad that it's like you're having sex and enjoying like Feyre, but you're not feeding her like you don't see that she's like you're just using on her. the brisk of dying or risk Did- of <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> on the brisk of dying uh, that might be an episode that's well. fair that's fair uh what is that phrase on the brink oh. <laughs> i don't that know way more sense. i don't know what other words you were trying to come up with i don't know i yeah on the brink of dying yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he's like you're coming with me and he just like yanks her and then it's like okay we're going yeah i think she puts clothes on first but she the put, feeling is the same it's interesting that she saved her night court clothes in mm-hmm. her closet put them back on mm-hmm. to go back to the night court like that's your glimmer of like oh yeah, she's done we're just gonna get to the point where she's done done yeah um, yeah but like it's still like another week that yeah. goes by and she's mm-hmm. just reading and practicing and having these kind of bantering sessions with reese mm-hmm. and you can tell that he like doesn't really want to bring her back like that he's like oh you kind of like got some like light back in you but now i have to bring you back and you're like i don't know what's gonna happen like are you gonna last three weeks and it's sad because uh kind of like basically like doesn't she almost doesn't last uh, three weeks. No. <laughs> so uh, the week passes. She returns to the spring court and uh, some time goes by. And then she it's like these weeks at the night court have given her a little bit of extra strength and resilience to fight back and push back a little bit more with Tamlin. Yeah. Because he she asked him again to go on a ride with him. Like mm-hmm. he's going on a hunt or a patrol or something. Yeah. And he's like, obviously not. And she's like, I'm going yeah whether you say i can go or not i will just go and that is the trigger for Mm -hmm. this is so traumatizing because like i can't imagine what my response would be it would immediate claustrophobia 
we didn't talk about that. Uh, so Feyre has like, it seems like the sister to claustrophobia. Yeah. Because she she feels at home in the night court because there's no windows, there's no mm-hmm. doors. It's just looking out onto mm-hmm. the landscape. Mm-hmm. But in the spring court, it's like a castle. Yeah. Um, and there's places with no windows or limited windows. And mm-hmm. she doesn't like being inside because it reminds her of under the mountain. Yeah. And then he does the worst possible thing for someone experiencing that kind of emotions. And he basically like creates a force field around the house and she's stuck inside and she cannot even put her hand out a window. Locks her ass up. Oh, and it's the visceral like descriptions of Feyre's emotions during this scene are almost hard to read Mm -hmm. because you see the full like from start to finish of her basic like meltdown she goes from like break. scared to like can't think she's in so much terror and she starts out by like trying the windows and trying the doors and like as she's frantically trying these things she starts getting more and more like in her own head mm-hmm. until she falls apart yeah basically and it's kind of described as like swallowed by darkness yeah is how she feels yeah but it's also what happens yeah Physically, Mm because it's kind of like a manifestation of all of her powers start to like go haywire, which understandable if you're going through a little bit of like emotional turmoil. Mm -hmm. And it basically like not destroys the house, but like the house is fucked up. Uh And then she blacks out. And she's just in darkness. Yep. Until she hears somebody like screaming her name. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Like from it's like she's underwater and she hears like this muted screaming. Mm-hmm. And she recognizes one of those voices as Alice mm-hmm. from, you know, Akatar. She's still around, the sweet but not sweet but spicy, like yeah. lead elf type. Got a little in the little spice to her. <laughs> yeah. And then Feyre recognizes that there are arms that like pick her up underneath her, like uh what's that carry called? Like a cradle carry? Uh bridal carry? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um but the conversation she hears in the background is so oh, like, oh, uh, my God, please. Yeah. So like Alice is like um, basically like just take care of her like you see what's going on. And then there's a female voice that responds because you kind of assume that it's going to be Reese. And I think there's such this a good such a good way to do it. <laughs> it's actually more. And she's like, you guys are fucking outrageous. Do you not see that she's dying? And Alice is like, just take care of her. Like, I'll figure this out. Like, just do it the right way. And more kind of like bitches out Alice she's like I'm going to take her like we did this the right way like there's nothing you can do she needs to be helped and you're not doing anything and Alice is like I get it but also it's cool because she's not like oh you need to get out of the spring court house like you don't belong here she's like can you please take Feyre like she needs help I'm not sure if it's in this this particular scene but I think more to something along the lines of did you really think like those flimsy shields would keep us out like oh, Reese yeah. Reese snapped those shields with half a thought and you're like oh the power behind that and also what a big dick move like you didn't have to say that but you just like added it on yeah <laughs> it was just amazing and then she gets picked up and then winnowed away and then I think she even gets like shifted over to Reese yeah. at some point. So like which, they like, winnow into like a cave. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she starts to panic and then she's transferred into Reese's waiting arms. <sighs> and then they make something of like, you did it everything by the book. Yeah. And Moore's like, I know I you know, you said to do it the right way and I did it that way. And he's like, good because XYZ, I can't afford a war, but like we had to save her XYZ. Yeah. Yeah. But wow. <laughs> and then she is back in the night court. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah. But also that, like, 
that whole scene is just so like it's a rescue scene. It's always a rescue mm-hmm. scene. There there was one in Akatar. There was this one. Yeah. Which is kind of a bummer because we're supposed to get like a strong female heroine. But it's also nice that it's countered with like more being the one to actually like go yeah, and that's her. our strong female heroine right there. It's yeah. Like she charged from the night court into the spring court, took mm-hmm. out a bunch of guards. Yeah. Like irrelevant. Irrelevant? Irrelevant? Maybe. No, the other one. Uh not irregardless. Irreverent? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I did try. <laughs> of like her own safety. She's like, I got to get like my new friend. Like we don't really know each other, but like that's fucked up. I'm going to come and help you. Because it could have been like a not a trap, but like she could have been bamboozled by a bunch of guards or XYZ scary things. And she's like, fuck it. Got to help out Feyre. Mm-hmm. Snag her up. Let's go. <laughs> and I love that it's two women saving Feyre. It's Alice. Yeah. Who yeah. called in the, the guards, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and and more. Yeah. That is kind of fun. So even though it was like Feyre had to be rescued, it's at least countered with rescued by two women. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. And then, I mean, she's the night court. There's obviously so much more that happens. Yeah. There is. <sighs> this honestly reads like a prologue. Huh. It kind of does. But like a really like like a prologue to A Court of Mist and Fury or an epilogue for Akatar. Yeah. Like a really, really robust one, but like a hundred percent. I know. 3%. <laughs> I again, where why? Why? I don't <laughs> why know. do we have the sex scene at three <laughs> percent? Um, so that is the end of our like synopsis of this part. But mm-hmm. I have I have three points I need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Just three like can those of episode notes that <laughs> somewhat triggered me. So, point one. <laughs> She's like doing her prim hands. Like, this is going to be some juicy shit, y'all. <laughs> the number of fucking times that Sarah Mass Moss uses the description <laughs> vulgar hand gesture over and over and over yeah. again. Okay. Because what does that mean? It means the middle finger, but like whatever they do in fairyland, that means the same thing. That means F you. Yeah. Because um, that's what I thought too, but it's almost alluded to as if there's like different ones, which is confusing because like I only really know one. But it's used as like a comedic foil. Yeah. And it was so overdone. Yeah. Over and over. Like you have nothing else. Like nothing else. Yeah. And it's also kind of interesting because like, have you flipped anyone off like recently? It feels, it feels, yes, vulgar, but like, not comedic. No. You know what I mean? It feels like you're going to get shot. Yeah. Like you're going to like punch someone. Like it It feels like like throwing down the gauntlet. Like it's not like funny. It, like, haha, fuck you. It's like, no, that's 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 those like, are fighting words. It's like early 2000s humor that yeah. has just aged out. Yeah. That 100 percent. That's like hands down what it is. Yeah. And I just I didn't maybe once Mm-mm. or twice can be funny. Yeah. Because you can visualize it. We all know what that means. Yeah. It just felt every other page there was a vulgar hand gesture. I'm just yeah. over it. Yeah. Um, I have heard that as a critique of like Sarah's writing in general as she kind of reuses things because like growled and then snarled, snarled the vulgar gesture. And then she has another that she like uses all the time that just kind of feels out of place. And like, OK, I've heard this like 17 times and I don't really still understand what it means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. OK, so point one, spicy but accurate. <laughs> point two is a compliment, actually. Oh, I like okay. to mix up my good okay, okay. stuff. You're making a Oreo of compliments. It's a happy sandwich. Or, I think it's... Oh, but it's the opposite. Yeah. Of <laughs> it's like a shitty sandwich because yeah. the middle part thinking, is good. Yeah, the Oreo because like the inside is tasty. 
But, you know, we'll leave that to imagination. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so early on, this is before she goes to the night court at all. Mm. Uh, She's having an interaction with Tamlin where she's like, hey, take me with you on the hunt. And he's like, no, don't. And Mm -hmm. so she, he says, "Um, I love you. So, Mm. yeah, Tamlin said, Tamlin said it quietly. And Feyre just nods. (gasps) I did In return. And... She never, I didn't, like, I was looking for it. She never tells Tamlin, I love you. Ever. Oh. Not that I saw. And so oh, someone yeah. please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think so. Yeah. So she never says that in this book. She acknowledges feeling love for Tamlin, but yeah. she never responds. She didn't respond to that one. She just nods. And I thought that was very well done because she also did the same thing in Akatar. She did? Yeah. Whoa. That's crazy because, like, now even thinking back, like, when she talks about Tamlin, she talks about being in love with him and, like, her love for Tamlin, but, like, she never... Yeah. She never says, I love you, back to Tamlin. Sarah, you saucy dog. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That you, was the most accurate. You saucy dog. I love that. Because <laughs> that's so impressive, like, yeah. to have the foresight or, like sneakiness to like what great character writing yeah like if that's favorite like uh, we we have confirmed that favorite is not our favorite mm-hmm. but this is well done yeah at least yeah i think that you can have a really well-written book and still have a character that's kind of like mid mm-hmm. like this is like expertly technically really well done mm-hmm. but maybe some of the like parts are kind of like mm, questionable but yeah. like technically speaking like whoo baby <laughs> Yeah. What was your third point? Um, so going back to our shitty Oreo, um, we talked about this already. The toilets. The toilets. <laughs> okay. I was hoping. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to bring in a fourth point. It's the toilets. It's the toilets. So Jordan and I had a whole conversation we about- had a meltdown <laughs> over the toilets. <laughs> it, was. it included like sources referenced in like time frames. So we basically kind of came to the like tentative conclusion that if there's toilets, there should be guns. It, yeah. And if there's not guns, why are there toilets? Or or the alternative would be to call the toilets another name. Yeah. I think that was... I was surprised you brought it up because you noticed the modernisms. Yeah. Um, throughout. Normally Jordan's kind of trigger. <sighs> and I think because I know that about you now <laughs> that I like look for him. Because there was the toilet and then there was another one. Oh, uh, it was a phrase about Reese like going to the mat for his beliefs. I and I'm like, that's like 2000s. Like. So there's a lot of that like sprinkled through. Yeah. And my problem is not having modern technology in these fantasy settings. Because as we learned, toilets were invented when? Uh, the fucking like 1500s like for Queen Elizabeth toilet. the first. Like, uh, uh, I had it up and then I lost it. But it was way earlier than you would assume. And the first flushable toilet was the 1850s. Okay. So, again, reasonable in the setting. Just call it something else. Yeah. Like the porcelain bowl, a toilet. Like, it just doesn't... Hole in the ground. It like, doesn't <laughs> jive. Like, even reusing a, a more historical term yeah. for any of these modern technologies that you want to throw in a book would be reasonable. Mm-hmm. I think it's less jarring. Yeah. Because uh, I kind of had a moment where I was like, they have toilets? Like, mm-hmm. what else do they have that they just haven't talked about? Like, he has a fucking, like, automobile parked yeah. in his garage. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and it's some of this, like, the speech patterns, too. Like, yeah. the dialogue seems a little... um it seems modern and it seems a little young and repetitive. Yeah. Which yeah. is uh, not the best writing. Yeah. Porcelain toilets. Or even if it was just like a wood toilet or like anything. Anything. But to specifically say porcelain toilet. 
and then flushed like yeah it's the just action the of flushing <laughs> she described the scene it's just yeah yeah though i guess that does kind of happen throughout this book because there's a they have a townhouse that has like a flushing toilet and like bedrooms and yeah the whole city we'll get to it in part two yeah um is described as very modern yeah but like how does that work if you don't have guns i mean I guess maybe you don't need guns. But if they're using swords. The thing is, like, why do why did guns develop? Oh, um, bow and arrow sucks. We yeah. need a we need a long distance range weapon. Yeah. So what's the answer to that? Yeah. Right. And they had fireworks. Because didn't they talk about fireworks somewhere Ugh. in the first one or the second one? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> a lot of the times the answer to like why don't guns exist in the fantasy world? Oh, we have magic. It's fine. Like that's your distance weapon. Like I guess, but like I find it hard to believe. <laughs> or even like, what's another thing that was invented in the 1800s that is equivalent to toilets? I don't know. But electricity? I think that's... Because they kind bigger. of allude to like lights turning on, but... It, uh, or hmm. how does she have hot water? Yeah, yeah, plumbing, modern plumbing. So again, the whole gun thing, like even if they didn't have guns in... Um, Perithian uh, and fantasy fairyland, uh, the humans would have had it. Yeah. Why is she hunting with a bow and arrow? So many questions. Yeah. Anyway, so those are the, that's the Oreo. See, that's what happens when you have porcelain toilets. Like you open yourself up to a whole kind <laughs> of open like. You yourself up to a bunch of shit. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm doing that laugh where you can't breathe. <laughs> wow. That was so fucking fast and like <laughs> sniped out of the sky. Like, how did <sighs> I'm so impressed? Of uh, wow, you delivered it to me though. That's we were playing t ball <laughs> and I just set that ball on the thing and you fucking. That's the only kind of sport I can show play hate it. God damn! <laughs> wow, I'm. We can, need to uh, stop. Readers, can you please appreciate the sports reference she just made? I okay so. <laughs> I don't understand any of the sports balls, but um, baseball, I have recently weirdly developed some kind of knowledge of. She knows so much about it. She knows players. She has a jersey. Which is so weird because uh, for the first 20 several decades of my life, um, no interest, no anything, no knowledge, no foresight, no nothing. Um, but weirdly baseball. Probably because Shohei's hot. I still haven't seen a picture of him. Girl, what? Google. Okay, okay, okay. Um, After this episode. <laughs> All right. That is a good, that's a good place yeah, to stop. Yeah. So. We did it. We have three more parts to go? Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a ride. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. That it will be. From our shelf to yours. We'll see you on the next page. Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram. Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday and Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Thanks for listening. Bussin'. <laughs>